Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. It was Tuesday morning. Guys, I found out that my pastor was closing the doors to the church for 15 days as per President Trump. It was kind of a shock, but I realize he's got a bigger congregation. I found myself at that point, guys, really wondering what in the world is going to happen. So I sat there, and, and I remember texting Pastor Soph, and I said, Brother, I need some wisdom. Um, what do you think we need to do moving forward? And his reply to me, guys, is as follows, and I quote, he says, we're small enough church that I think people would attend. He says, but we won't know until we have services. And he's just very practical. I love this guy. And he says, but there's a spirit of fear, even within the church, of what's going on, and maybe something we need to address from the pulpit, end quote. And I said, you know what? He's right. He's right. See, because I think there are churches, right? Even in churches, the people, there are people who are afraid. Guys, this is unprecedented. This is, this is something that we really have never seen. And I think maybe even within our church, we're going, okay, I attend a small church. I don't know what's going on. We all have our ideas of what's happening and, and, and trying to navigate through guys. But, but I want to go, I, I want to say, okay, let's, Let's go through God's word, okay, and let's see what he says about the events that are taking place in our world, okay? Let's go through that. So here's my hope, okay? Here's my hope. Here's what I've been praying for. I've been laboring. Joe texted me the other day, how you doing? And I said, man, I'm not as good, not better than, not as good as I should, but I mean, I'm just, here's my hope, guys. I've been laboring, and here's what it is. Here's what I want to leave you with. Listen to me. I want to leave you here with the peace that surpasses all understanding, And I want to leave you here that we can commit our lives to Jesus no matter what happens in the next several days or the weeks or the months. Okay? So tonight, guys, we're going to look to the Word of God to direct us. Now listen, here's the word I want to employ, how to respond, how to react to the present situation in a biblical manner that's pleasing to the Lord. Let me say that again, okay? Let me say that again. Here's the instruction for us. I want God to direct us Okay, how we're supposed to respond, how we're supposed to react to what? To our situation in a biblical manner that's pleasing to the Lord. As Paul writes to his letter to Timothy, look with me, guys, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Notice what he says. He writes to young Timothy and he says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind, okay? I want to unpack this verse, okay? Here's what I want you to see. Here, here's, what, here's what he's writing. He's saying, okay, now listen, for God, for our God has not given us, what, a spirit of fear, but he's given us power and love and a sound mind. That's a good place for an amen, okay? So let's break it down. The first thing I want us to see, guys, moving forward, remember, how do we respond in our situation? Well, the first thing we need to understand is God has not given us a spirit of fear. What do you mean? In our world today, guys, the many are driven by fear. This current situation, whatever it may be, whatever's going on in the world, 
has many people panicking. And I know, guys, that we are living in an unprecedented crisis. But what we need in this time, listen to me, is factual information so we can take the wisest course. The coronavirus seems to have a spirit of fear behind it. You see, it was just last Thursday, we started getting notices that the Big 12 tournament was canceled. And then the next thing you know, the whole NCAA tournament was canceled. And then the NBA with many more to follow. Now, let's be honest, that's what really freaked us out. Why? Because you know those are money-making events. And to cancel them sent a message to us that there is something even more serious going on. So what happens? Off to the grocery store we went. People thought, man, if I'm going to have to be home for a month, I need the basic essentials. What do we need? Toilet paper, hand sanitizer, buy the gallon. Now, now listen, church. This is not more than a a pandemic of a virus. Because, so now you go to the grocery store and you find things missing like bread and meat and canned goods. And and I got to be honest with you. We went there last night just to pick up a few things, nothing, nothing outrageous. And I literally saw fear and disbelief in people's eyes. And I saw one man holding a little green basket, and he was just looking and just directing. And I said, hey, man, are you, are you okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm good. But you could see there was something going on. And, and I'm thinking people are really starting to freak out. And, and people all over the world, guys, are starting to hoard groceries. And it really is, it, it's, it's, it's unbelievable to us. But I want you to note what Paul said. Paul says he has not given us, the believers, a spirit of fear. He's given us something different. Okay, you go, what's that? He says, man, I've given you a spirit of power, a power. Now we need to break that down. Why? Because the word power there originally means the power to protect us. He can protect us, guys. He can and he does protect us from a lot of things. He protects us from colds. He protects us from the flu, from plagues, from viruses. This is what he says. He's given us a spirit of power. But if you, if you look at that word and you break it down in the Greek, guys, listen to me. It also gives us the power to heal us even if we do get such things. Okay? So, so Paul says, hey, man, listen, God has not given us a spirit of fear. We don't need to be running from this thing. We don't need to be freaking out. But we do have the power. He does have the power to protect us. And he has the power to heal us. Now, if we can be honest in church, there are times in life, I believe, that we feel like God didn't protect us or God didn't heal us or heal somebody that we love. Is that truth? I mean, we do. We feel that way. Okay? Yet we must believe that God the Father is sovereign over all things. And we have limited understanding that can hinder our walks with God. Well, Pastor, I know somebody who has this. Well, Pastor, I know somebody who died. Well, Pastor, I prayed and I prayed and God didn't heal him. 
but we have limited understanding. The Bible says that that our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. He, he, he's infinite. He's amazing. He's wonderful. And we need to trust, guys. We need to trust in his sovereignty. Don't trust in our limited thinking. We must trust that the Lord in all things, even when we don't see it. Because he's given us a spirit of power. But he's also given us a spirit. Now listen. A spirit of love. He's given us a spirit of love. What does that mean? Well, that means, guys, we don't hoard for ourselves so others don't get. Because that's not love, is it? Hey, man, I'm going to the grocery store and I'm going to buy all this stuff because I want to make sure I have stuff. And, and no, 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 that's not what he's saying. He's saying he's given a spirit of love. So what we should be doing at this time, guys, is we should be, again, we should be loving our neighbor. Guys, I'm encouraging our church to be the hands and the feet of Jesus in this difficult time. I know we're scared. We don't want to admit it. We're telling, hey, man, I got faith, man. I got faith. Yeah, I ain't afraid of that. But the demon side is like, man, Lord, I don't, we've just never, we've just never walked on these type of, what are we doing here, Lord? But here, let me encourage you. God has given us a spirit of love. You go, what does that mean? Okay, so how, how do we, how do we navigate this in this time? Here's what I want you to do. You ready? Jot this down. I want us to help the elderly. Okay? We have a greatest opportunity in the history of man to be light, to be hands and feet of Jesus. And the first thing we need to do is we our responsibility to the elderly, the shut-ins, okay? You go, what do you mean? Guys, make sure they're okay. Make sure they're okay. Give them a call. I know that they're afraid. Some of them won't open the door. That's okay. We don't take it personally. But give them a call. You know, visit them. If they're okay with that, a lot of people, they're okay. Come on in. How are you? You okay? We have, we have a neighbor that was just widowed this couple of months ago, a few months ago, Christmas time. And God put it on my heart to go over there and knock and say, hey, man, you know what? She's a widow. She's, are you okay? Do you need anything? We're right here. I want you to know. And, and, I'm, and I'm challenging you guys. Well, what should we do? Well, the first thing we should do, guys, is let's take them some, let's take them some food. Let's take them some food. This is showing love. Well, like what? Well, maybe some supplies. No, no, no. I need the 50 gallons of hand sanitizer for me. Bro, we can't put on that much, right? I mean, we're, we're washing our hands so much that our cheat notes from high school are starting to show. You know what I'm saying? Oh, how about this, guys? How about we show love by taking him a card, a little note? Say, Jesus said, man, that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Okay, so we have the greatest thing. We have a neighborhood right now that we can go to. Just go, just go there. And listen, they're not. They may not open it. Okay, but give them a little card. Give them a little card. Okay, what should I say? Listen, go through your neighborhood and drop a handwritten note. Just put your name, your phone number, tell them you're their neighbor, and to call you if they need anything. Pastor Ben, time out, bro. We can't help everybody. I get that, and people get that, but who can we help? 
I'm going to tell you what. Listen, people don't want your food. They want your hope. People don't want your toilet paper. They want your hope. They want to know that you have peace. And why do you have peace in such a time as this? Because again, guys, we're, we're, we're rooted in the solid rock. And here's what you want to do. Listen, again, let them know that they're not alone. Well, isn't that the pastor's job? No, that's all of our job, guys. Let them know this is because he's given us a spirit of love. This is our, this is, this is to quote, um, uh, Apollo 13. I believe this is our finest moment. This is where we're going to shine so bright and, and, and be pleasing to Jesus. This is where we got to take it, guys, and run with it. I'm telling you right now, we got to show them our goal during this time and any other time is to represent Jesus. Think about this. There are children in this neighborhood that probably, if they don't go to school next week, won't have a meal. They won't have breakfast. They won't have lunch. What can we do? What can we do? Pastor, we're small. I get it. But what can we do? going to trust the Lord and he'll find a way, but we want to make sure that children in our neighborhood, in, in areas, guys, that they, they eat. That's what God's putting us in our hearts. Paul says, God has not given you a spirit of fear. Can I get an amen? amen. But of what? Power? Okay, so, man, if I get sick, he's going to heal us. I trust him. I trust you, Jesus, but of love. So we're going to show love. And he says, and a sound mind. And a sound mind. The the Greek in this is disciplined exercise of self-control. Okay? Paul reminds us, guys, that God has given us a spirit of a sound mind, that we are disciplined in self-control. And we also know that it is also a fruit of the spirit, is it not? So we got to have self-control. This is what believers do. This is who we are. This is what's going on in our world. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to use this. Okay, we've got, Lord, here's the question of the hour. In light of the world panicking and the coronavirus and fear and everything out of control, how can we have a sound mind? How can we develop self-control? Well, let me springboard off of what Paul teaches and share a personal illustration. It was four or five years ago that Nathalie came to me and said she had a lump in her breast. And I hate sharing this story, but it's a story that, that, that I've lived with. This is our life. But, and so we went to the doctor, and the doctor looked at her, and they did a biopsy and came back to us and said, she's got breast cancer, and it's stage three, and you know, blah, 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 blah. And, and, and you're a pastor, you're a minister, you know that this ends in death. And so we were freaked out for a while. And i got to be honest with you, I didn't, have a, I didn't have a peaceful spirit. I had a spirit of fear. I had a spirit of fear, man. I was walking in fear. Every time we turned around, I'm like, okay, so, so you know, here's the thing. I knew my wife, okay, so selfishly, I knew my wife was saved. So if she died, I know she'd, she'd go to heaven. I, I mean, I get it, guys. I get that. But selfishly, I'm going, I don't want to see her go through this, and then what's going to happen to me afterwards? Yeah, we want to act tough. We want to go, no, I got this, man. But deep inside, I was crumbling and I was crushing. So, 
you know, we, we, we went through it. We walked together, man. We read scripture. We prayed. And, and here's what we came up with. Now, Nathalie started. I'm on, a, I'm on this. She said, okay, so the cancer's gone. They did surgery. We did chemo. We did radiation. She says, now I'm on this amazing regimen. I'm going to eat fish. I'm going to eat vegetables. I'm, I'm going to stay away from processed foods and, and hormone-injected beef and all of this stuff, right? She just She was really diligent. But then the Lord spoke to us, and here's what he said. He said concerning my sweet wife's cancer. He said, you need to respect the cancer because it'll kill people. But you don't need to fear it. No, Lord, what do you mean? You don't need to run and be afraid. You don't, you can have a hamburger every now and then. You can have some fright. You, listen, you can still enjoy life. You don't have to fear it, but we respect it. Okay, okay, I, I respect. We respect it, man. We respect. It. We don't. You know what? We don't. We don't play. You know, fast and loose with her. I mean, you guys know this. Some of us. I mean, the biggest thing that's scaring people today is a compromised immune system. And of course, with chemo and radiation and everything, her immune system is compromised. Although I told my daughter today, she's probably <laughs> she probably has a better immune system than we do. She takes really good care of herself. Okay. I think of Amanda. For such a time, we, we, we were on this, this journey of eating well and weight loss, and for such a time as this, because your mom called you, and you have a compromised immune system. And so you respect the virus. But it doesn't control us, does it? We're not, a, we're not, we're not subject to fear it, right? We're not, it, it's not going to hold us catatonic. Oh, I don't know what to do. You know, and, and I know, guys, listen, and, and here's the biggest culprit. It's the media and social media and everything, and it just it messes with my mind. I don't know about you, but on this side of the platform, you go, hey, nobody's died, blah, 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 blah. And then you got this part. It's like, oh, this person just died. And you're just like, ah, I don't know. I don't know how to navigate this. But, but here's the point. The point is, let me just say this. You ready? No matter what, here's what the Lord spoke to Nathalie and I at a conference when they sang, the cross has the final word. And so we got, we, we got to be that. The cross has the final word. Love our president, love our country. The cross has the final word. Love our local authorities. We'll be subject to them. But the cross has the final word. So as we come, guys, to Psalm 91, my prayer is it'll be a source of comfort and a secret place of security for such a time as this, okay? Psalm 91, say goodbye to what Paul was saying to Timothy. Go over to Psalm 91. You go, well, who wrote Psalm 91? We don't know. It's without a title and it has no means. We, we just kind of kind of navigate. But um, basically what happens, the Jewish doctors would consider when an author's name is not mentioned that they would assign it, uh, the psalm, to the last known writer. And if this is so, this is another psalm of Moses, the man of God. So I'm just going to go with the Jewish doctors for the sake of our study that Moses wrote the psalm. Okay, so Moses writes this psalm, and if you're taking note, guys, the psalm uh, of trust is outlined as follows, okay? He bases our security, and it's found on the character of God. He's going he's gonna to give that right off. This is verses 1 and 2. 
Okay? Our security is found in the character of God. Then he bases our security found upon the care of God, verses 3 through 8. And then the blessings of our security is found in his protection and his love. And he's going to talk about 9 through 16. Okay? So we have security that's found in the character of God. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Then the basis of our, cure, our security is found in the care of God. And then the blessing of our security found in his protection and his love. Now, I believe we need a secret place of security because we need to find peace in the word of God. So let's note the character of God. Look at verse 1 and 2 with me. He says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Amen? Amen? Okay, we've got to do some work, though. We've got to do some work. Why? Because we are living in what Paul writes to Timothy, and Timothy, in perilous times. The word perilous is stressful times. Anybody feel that? Anybody feel that? You know what the you know what you know what the common uh, conversation is nowadays. Did you see the shelves at Walmart? I've never seen shelves at Walmart, but I've never seen them empty. I've never seen them empty. You feeling okay? Everybody all right? You know, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's just that's that's the topic. So we're living this. We're stressed. We're stressed. We're stressed. And if you go on Facebook or Instagram, a lot of people are they're really they're, they're posting verses of this psalm. You know, I did it myself. But here's what I want to do, guys. Here's where the Lord convicted me. You ready? I want to be careful not to band-aid verse a storm or trials in our lives and really break down the text so we can apply it. You go, what do you mean? I was sitting there and I was thinking, I just don't want to band-aid a verse. Hey, you're going through a rough time. He who shot, right? Oh, let me give you a verse, bro. Let me give you a verse. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the, the, uh, the wings of the, the shadow of the Almighty. And you go, great. I don't even know what that means. But, but see, we tend to do that. We tend to band-aid a storm with the Word of God, but not really dig deep so we can apply it. Okay? So we got to be, we want to be, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Here's what I want to do. I want to break down the text so we understand it. Now, if that's the case, notice what he starts. He starts with he. Okay? You guys see that? Moses, the writer, says he. Who's he talking about? He's talking about us. He's talking about us. Or am I in the Bible? He's talking about us. Alex, he's talking about us. Okay? He. What's he doing? Okay, it says, he who dwells. What does that word dwell mean? You guys ready? Here's what it means. It means to dwell, to remain, to sit, to abide, to inhabit, to live there, to stay under the umbrella of his covering. That's what it means. He, everybody say us. We need to stay right there. Where, where, pastor? Where? In the secret place of the Most High. You guys see that in verse 1? The secret place, guys, check this out. It's a covering. It's a shelter. It's a hiding place. It's a place of protection. This is what Moses is writing. I don't know about you, but I need this. Here's what he's saying. In other words, you and I, in perilous times, in stressful times, we need to remain under the umbrella of faith in God to stay under his protection. 
Let me let me see if I can. You guys are kind of looking at me. Let me see. When when Talia was really little and I was going to go somewhere and she didn't want me to go and and my baby granddaughter does the same thing, they would run up and they would grab your leg. Do you guys remember that? They would hold on to your leg. Don't go. Right? And you're like, oh, ha, ha, that's funny. But then, you know, then you had two of them and you were walking like this. Right? I think that's a beautiful picture. I'm going to stay right with God. I'm going to hold on to him. I don't, God, don't, don't go. I want to stay under the umbrella. And here's our takeaway, guys. He who dwells in the secret place. Now, you got to catch this. Ooh, this is good. You ready? Here's our takeaway. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High is not he who conjures up one or two slight and fleeting acts of hope. But it's the man who places in him careful and constant confidence. Your pastor, you said a lot of words. What are you meaning? Here's what it is. Guys, listen, in a time of need, we're just like, like, yeah, Jesus, amen. Amen. Okay, I feel good. Oh, amen. He's saying, he's saying this, guys, if we're going to abide, okay, we're going to dwell in the secret place, it means that we have careful and constant confidence. What should we do? We should respect it. Okay, we should respect it. We have elderly folks in our church. We should respect it. We got, this is hard because God created us emotional people. He created us affectionate people. And so we hug, we love each other. Okay? And I remember when Natalie had cancer and she'd come chemo and she goes, man, I'm not feeling that good. And I'd get up here and I'd say, please don't hug my wife. Please don't hug my wife. Love you guys. Don't hug my wife. You know what somebody would do? Nathalie! Zoomp. I'd be like, oh, I'm just... And, and that's how we are, but we have to respect it. We have to go, okay. We have to respect it. When we stay, listen to me, guys. When we stay under that constant and careful confidence, it's only then we can say, this is what I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my, safe, my place of safety. He is my God, and him will I trust. Do you guys understand that? Okay? You understand that? Here's where, here's where, here's where a lot of people are panicking. They're getting out of the, they're getting out of the umbrella of faith and, and covering in safety of God. They're, they're, they're sort of running just a little bit of way and, and they're kind of listening to the news and they're listening to what other people are saying and they're, they're formulating an opinion. Now, now listen, don't, I, I don't need letters and I don't need people going, hey, well, you, no, 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 here's what I'm saying. We respect the virus. Amen. We're not, we're, we're, I'll show you how we're going to respect it, okay? We respect it, but we want to stay under the, the shadow of his covering. So what's the first thing we should do? You ready? Jot this down. Don't panic. Now, now I'm preaching to the choir because y'all are here, okay? So you're like, well, I, I love Jesus. Let's go. It's time for church. Amen. Right? So I'm preaching to the choir, but don't panic. You go, Ben, that was a great message, but maybe it was for somebody that you need to preach this to. But, he, but here's the thing, okay? 
Trust the Lord and stay very close to God. Pastor, our world is changing minute by minute. Our city. Okay, well, here's the thing. Listen, if we have to go online as a church, okay, here's what I want you to do. Guys, if we have to go online, make sure you watch and make sure you comment. And here's what I would do. Invite somebody over to your house and say, hey, let's have church. And Jesse is working, we're working with, with, with trying to just, I mean, I don't know where we're going with this, but, but we'll have live worship and we'll have a teaching just like this. But, but think about it. If we have to go online and it seems like that's kind of where we're headed, invite your neighbors over to watch and pray and pray. How about this? Let's be the church in many locations. Many locations in different houses. It's a great time to be the light, right? Because people are walking around hopeless, frightened. And we who stay calm and live in the secret place of the Most High God can lead those away from the darkness to light. I want you to meditate on this verse, guys, this week. It's Proverbs 18 and 10, and it says this, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in and they are safe. Proverbs 18 and 10. Just meditate on that. Meditate on that. Now, listen to me. Listen. Does that guarantee that no Christians will ever get sick? No. But it assures us that God is in control. And we must respect this virus. We must respect what's going on in our world. But it won't control us. It won't control us. So, so Ben, 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 yes. How do we respect this thing? Okay, you ready? We must be prudent. We must be prudent. And prudence can be very difficult, church. Why? Because it requires attention, not just to the one in danger, but to many, including unattended consequences of our solutions. And you go, okay, well, like what? Well, in an email that Haas actually sent to me, the author writes this, washing our hands frequently and thoroughly with soap and minimizing touching our faces. That's how we can be prudent, okay? Practical things at church, wash your hands often. And don't touch your face like this. No, I'm just kidding. But wash your hands. Isn't it silly? Everybody we've talked to was like, were we not washing our hands before? Some of us were, some of us weren't, but we want to really wash our hands. Okay, let's just be prudent, okay? So we're washing our hands. You go, what else? How about this? Covering our mouths and noses with tissue when we cough or sneeze. When we cough or sneeze. Isn't it crazy how we are? Somebody will go, <coughs> and they'll cough, and then they'll go try to, you're like, or they'll go, hey, bro, how you doing? And they'll give you a big hug, and they go, yes, yeah, sorry, bro, I've been sick the last few days. And you're just like, then why did you hug me? We need to be prudent, right? We need, we need to do that. Now, now, listen, here's the thing, guys. We need to minimize personal contact beyond our families. I get it. And within them, if we know that a family member has been sick, we, 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 have to, we have to be careful. We have to be careful. 
we know this. So we respect it in that way. We respect it as that if you're sick, stay home. We've said this for how we've said this for years, have we not? Well, but if I don't go to work, I don't get paid. But but again, we're anyway. Anyway, we'll just let's go on. Let's go on. So those of us staying close, real close to the Lord, it goes on. He says, surely he shall deliver you. Look at verse 3, guys. Surely, Moses says, he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. Your, his truth shall be your shield and buckler. That's a great place for an amen. amen. And I'll tell you why. Because he says he's going to deliver us from what, guys? Say, perilous pestilence. Try that three times. Perilous, perilous pestilence. You go, what does it mean? Well, you can circle that word because it actually means, the perilous time means deadly. Okay? It means deadly. And pestilence, check this out. It's a contagious or infectious epidemic disease that is um, devastating. That's what it means. So what's he saying? I just look at it, and, and, and Moses is painting the picture. He says, "Men, that's kind of the, that's kind of the state we're in, aren't we?" Yeah, Pastor. But the people who've died, they were old, and they had upper respiratory problems. We respect it. We respect it. Because I don't know about you. Coronavirus aside, I don't even want the flu. Okay, we, I don't even want the flu. Okay, so the flu aside, I don't even want a cold. So, so we respect it. But here's what he's saying. He's saying, my God, notice the word, guys. He says, surely, surely he's going to deliver us from that. So what does that mean? What, is, what, is, what does that mean? It means to rescue, recover, I love this, to rescue, recover, deliver us from our enemies, but also to rescue from sin and guilt. Bum, bum, bum. Here it is, guys. Here it is. He's going to deliver. That's what the word means. Deliver means to rescue and to recover and to deliver us from our enemies. But he's also going to deliver us, rescue from sin and guilt. And I'm thinking about this, and I'm going, wow. We must trust the sovereignty of God, the Father, to deliver us in whatever way we would be glorifying to him. If for some reason, listen to me, church, we would get this virus and fall ill and die, we as believers, are delivered. But we must always remember to glorify God in all that we do. I've never seen anyone glorify the Lord in the midst of chemo and radiation 
as my wife. I've never seen anyone with an IV of chemo going through her veins or even the saline walking around ministering to other patients while she's getting and about to get chemo. So when I write this and I say, listen, we must to glorify God in all things, that's what I want to be. That's what I want to do. I want to glorify God in my health and in my sickness, in my high points, and in my valley. But I got to be honest with you, that's a journey for us, is it not? That's something that we've got to work hard to do. But we are called to glorify God in everything we do. Is God glorified? Are we living? Are we responding? Are we reacting in a biblical manner? When people at your job come to you and you know they're hurting and you know they're freaking out and you know that they have never gone through anything like this before, are we glorifying God? That's the key. That's the key. Well, how do we do this? Well, guys, look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. He says this. He says... He says in verse 4, He shall cover you with his feathers. I love that. And under his wings you shall take refuge. Guys, that's what Jesus said in Jerusalem. He says, man, how many times did I want to cover you guys? But he says this. Help me, help me. What's the next word? His truth. You guys see it in verse, do you guys see it? His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. And that's what I want to, I want to, I want to point this out to you right here. His truth shall be your buckler. Now, here's what I would encourage you to do. Be careful what you listen to and what you watch. Just be careful. I know I know it's like a train wreck, isn't it? It's like we we it's like it's like a wreck. We have to watch and 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 the news updates pull us in, but let's be careful. Let's be careful because I don't, I don't know what's real and what's not. I don't know what, what this person is saying and what this person's saying is, I, I, I want his truth. I want his truth because I don't know what the media is. And so my job is to stay close to Jesus and made it, meditate in his truth. And when somebody goes, hey, did you hear? Did you, did I, yeah. Man, I just, here's what I know about the word. I was in the word today and I know that he spoke to me in this way. And I know that God is good. And I know that he's sovereign. And I know he knows this is coming. And here's what I want to do. I want to win all my friends to Jesus. Well, Ben, what if this is not the rapture? What if this is not the end of the world? What if this is not? I still want to win my friends to Jesus. I still want to see people glorified. I want to see people come back who have walked away. Are you saying that the coronavirus is part of the end time? I don't know. I'll tell you why. Because the Bible says no one knows the day or the... I don't know. But I know he's coming back. I know he's coming back soon. I've been saying it from here. And in my spirit, guys, you know he's coming back soon. And this may be a preview. This may be whatever God wants to do. But I know. Stay close to what? His truth. His truth. That's where we know that it's, that's 100% true. So meditate on his truth. Don't look at Facebook, Instagram, Internet before you get into God's Word. Spend your quiet time in God's Word. Let that wash all over you and that you have His truth. Well, it goes on in verse 5. Notice he says, And you shall not be afraid. 
of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, wow, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Here's the, here's the picture that Moses is painting. He says the terror by night, the arrow that flies, the walks in darkness. He's saying, you know what this means? He's saying this is, a, this is, this is what he's saying. This is fast acting and fatal. It happens in 24 hours. In other words, this happened fast. And, and it really did. We know we, we sort of had a glimpse of it. We sort of heard about it. You know, it's coming from China. We know this is kind of happening. But all of a sudden, from Thursday till today, man, it's just been, whoo, everything's out of control. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, maybe I don't think this way, but when you heard that certain events were being canceled, like the NCAA and the NBA and the NHL and, and, and all of that stuff, did you think to go to the store? I didn't. I don't know. I mean, I didn't think, oh, we better get, I don't know. I sit in my office last Thursday. I was like, and all of a sudden, man, pictures started popping up of all. And I was like, whoa. But surely we'll calm down, won't we? Surely it'll calm down, right? People, okay. Because that's what happens when, when, when in Lubbock, Texas, when what? you're going to get a couple of inches of snow. You're going to get three inches of snow. Everybody goes to the grocery store and they take the milk and the bread. Okay. No, no, no. It's still happening. But but the word of God tells me this. It happened really fast. But he, But stay with me. He says this. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Guys, the COVID-19... It's fast acting. In a lot of ways, it's not fast acting, is it? That's why they're saying that we need to quarantine ourselves for 14 days. This is what, this is what is recommended. But I love the text because the word of God declares to us, you shall not be afraid. You shall not be afraid. Okay? Now listen, listen. Here's a question. You ready? How can we not be afraid? We need to know the facts. For example, in 1347 to 1351, the world experienced the bubonic plague that killed 200 million people. That's a fact. 200 million people. In 1817 over to 1923, the world experienced cholera. One million people died. As a matter of fact, Charles Spurgeon wrote about cholera when he was preaching in Psalm 91. We got to know the facts. In 1918 to 1919, one year, the world experienced the Spanish flu that killed 40 to 50 million people. I don't know what the Spanish flu is. HIV and AIDS to date have killed 25 to 35 million people. Now, let me just say this to you. In the last 20 years, SARS, MERS, Ebola, H1N1, they've killed uh, basically 770,000 people, 850,000, 11,000 people. And the swine flu, if you remember that, killed 200,000 people. People.
But the coronavirus is killing people too. So what should we do, Pastor? Don't be afraid. We respect it, but we don't let it control us. We respect it. Okay, yeah, I'm going to wash my hands. Uh, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to be afraid, right? Remember what God told Joshua. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Jesus, guys, told his disciples, you know, when, 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 when the disciples saw Jesus walking down the water and they were afraid, how did he respond? He said, it is I. Do not be afraid. Why? Because in both instances, God was with them. And let me just tell you this. God is with you tonight. God is with you. Verse 7. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. In other words, guys, you can jot this down in In God, we're secure at all times. Even in circumstances, he says, with our eyes, we will see the reward of the wicked. In other words, if you translate that out, it actually means hell. He says, we're not going to see that, but with our eyes, we'll see other, the wicked people go that way, but that's not for us. He's going to protect us in every circumstance. Pastor Ben, I got a question. Do you think that grocery stores will run out of food? And if they do, how are we going to feed our family? Well, this is where trust really comes in and says, I don't know. I don't know. But I know what the Bible says, and the Bible says I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've got to live there, guys. I've got to live there. Because he says that he's going to protect me. We're secure in all times. Look at verse 9. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. Who's doing that? We are. No evil shall befall you. Amen. Nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he himself shall give angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample under foot. You guys see that? He says, man, as long as we stay close to the Lord, man, he's going to what? He's going to give angels charge over us. I love this, right? He's going to give his angels to protect us and to guide us. And the holy angels, guys, are going to keep us on our way. But here's the point he wants to make. Listen to me. If you get nothing else out of this Bible study, get this. Don't wander from his hiding place. I've said it a thousand times, I'll say it again. This is not a time to play church. It's the time to stay close to Jesus. Don't wander from his hiding place. Guys, I'll never forget when I was a kid. Maybe this happened to you. When I was a kid, I used to get in the I used to get in the back of the truck, believe it or not. We you could do that back in the day. And we drove to the grocery store. And we'd go in, my dad would get a cart. Now my dad's notorious, he would buy the he would buy the groceries. Now he's notorious for going up the aisle, down the aisle, up the aisle, down the aisle, all the way through the store. He would do that. I still do that today. But as a little kid, I don't know, I mean, I might have been five or six. I mean literally, I would run to the toy aisle in in the grocery store. Now, they were very genius because they had the cereal aisle across from the toy aisle. 
Okay, so I would run and I would just look at the toys and I knew that eventually my dad would come and find me and I would say, I want this toy and I want this cereal. You guys know what I'm talking about? And we used to have sugar cereal and then we would get the regular cornflakes and the Cheerios because I would probably eat the cereal in two days and then we'd have to eat the rest for the rest of the week. That's all you got. And I never forget, guys. I'll never forget several times. This is, and you know how I won't forget because it was so scarred me. I remember sitting there looking at the toys, and I got pretty bored. And I started thinking, I haven't seen my dad come by, and it seems like it's been a while. So I left the aisle, and I remember looking at every aisle, and I started running back and forth, and I couldn't see him. Either he was in the meat aisle, or he's between aisles, and I literally thought he left me. And the fear was real. And I remember just freaking out in a grocery store, running back and forth, looking for him, and I could not find him. And you know the thought that crossed this little boy's mind? My dad left me here. He left me. Oh my, what am I going to do now? And I'll never forget it. And of course, then he turns the aisle, and you're like, oh my God, I thought he left me. And he's like, you know, he would never leave you. Guys, I use this illustration because... I don't, I don't want to wander away from God in this time and then feel like, oh, Lord, he's left me. I don't know where he is. The word of God says he's going to give angels. He's going to do many. And, and, and in Hebrews 1.14, it says this. These are our, they are not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who inherit salvation. He says, man, he's going, to, he's going to do. He's going to have the ministry of angels on behalf of believers. And that continues today. Think about what Moses writes, guys. He says, listen, you might tread upon a lion or a cobra. Right? He says, you might tread upon a line or cover, but God's going to keep you. And I'm thinking about this, man. Listen, there's times, I don't know, has anybody ever stepped on a snake by accident? You have? Okay. Anybody else has ever stepped on a snake? I mean, you know, here's the thing. Joe, did you go back and play with that snake and jump on that snake? No way, right? He's like, oh, and God protected you because, wow. But the point is, he says, he didn't go back and go, look, I'm going to just play with him because he was then going to bite you, right? And so Moses says, listen, when you do that, but, but you want to stay what? You want to stay close to God. You want to be close to God. And once again, here's, here's what he's telling us. You ready? He says, you need to be prudent, but loving. Look at verse 14. He says, because he has set his love upon me. Notice, because he, that's a little h, he's talking about us has set his love upon me, that's Jesus, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. You ready? Jot this down. Because we have set our love upon Jesus He's going to deliver us. He's going to see you through this. Listen, I know today seems like a dark time. I know that it seems like, man, is life ever going to be normal? Welcome to the new normal. But here's the point. Stay in love with my Jesus, and he's going to deliver you from these things. Stay close 
to him. The entire chapter of Psalm 91, guys, is filled with goodness and the power of God. Great reminders that he faithfully works on behalf of those who love him. And at the end of it all, God gives us eight reasons why we are not to fear. Here's his promises. Because he loves me, the Lord says, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. I will call. He will call on me and I will answer him and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with a long life. I will satisfy him and I will show him my salvation. Those are the verses we just read, different translation. So let me give you the nine promises, okay, guys? Listen, if you're here today and you're faithful and you're freaking out and you don't know what's going on, here's the, here's the promises. Number one, he says, I will rescue him. The word rescue means to deliver, to cause an escape. You're going to be okay. He says, I will protect him. That word protect, set him on a high place. I will answer him, respond to or speak. He's going to answer you. I will be with him in troubles, and the word trouble there is afflictions and distress. He's going to be with you. I will deliver him, you guys know that, to bring into safety. I will honor him, to make rich, strong, heavy with honor. With long life, I will satisfy him to have an abundance in the journey and to show him my salvation. Let him see the deliverance in my victory. Okay, so let's close. Let's close. The one phrase that's been coming up, guys, more than anything this week has been for such a time as this. We were here for such a time as this, and it brings you back to the story of Esther, doesn't it? For such a time as this. And I thought, okay, for such a time as this, let us what? You ready? Remember, walk in the Spirit, Right? Walk in the spirit of power, of love, and of self-control, a sound mind. Is that a good amen? Okay. Second thing we need to do, trust God. Even when we do not see, let us be rapture ready. Even when we don't see, let us be rapture ready. Week after week, I've, stayed behind, I've stood behind this pulpit and I've said, we are in a pressure cooker in a world. We can't go on any, any longer. I don't know what God's going to do. And all of a sudden now, God has got the world's attention. Lord, use us. Use us. Ben, is this just a preview of things to come? He might just be getting us ready for his return. Just trust God. Number three, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. COVID-19 is a serious risk, but we live with others every day. The, in the average year, guys, over 3,700 Americans die from the flu and over 38,000 in traffic accidents. COVID-19 is likely, like most epidemics, to peak and to fall we're called to keep our eyes on Jesus. Respect it, right? Show it some respect, man. Don't let it fear you. Don't let it, don't let it control you. Number four, be prudent. Wash your hands. 
or if you feel sick, stay home. Disinfect the most three common areas. You want to know what they are? Doorknobs. Steering wheel. And your cell phone. Take some of those handy wipes, disinfect those, and you'll be good. Be prudent. Those are the three most common areas. Oh, pastor, I'll just wear gloves. I'll just wear gloves. So a lot of people put on gloves and they open the door, but they forget and they touch their face wearing the gloves. Just be prudent. Just be prudent. Number five. Let us submit to governing authorities. Guys, we're bound by Scripture. Romans 13.1 says we need to obey civil authorities unless they require us to disobey God. What does that mean? If they tell us that we can't meet anymore, we must do our part. I have been paying super close attention to our local governing authorities. And we want to represent God by saying, okay, these are, these are the authorities you put over us. And if we need to do online church for a couple of weeks like everybody else, we'll do that. But we're going to submit to those. The last thing your shepherd wants is for you to attend church and get sick. That's the last thing. Number six, ready? Pray, pray, pray. Pray, pray, pray. Guys, if we, it, it, if we can't move forward, right, with, with, with church, then maybe we'll have prayer meetings, okay? We might have just say, hey, Ben, the church is open, come and pray, we might have it here, or we might have prayer meetings in homes, but we need to pray. We need to pray for people. And I'm thinking, listen, if you'd like to use your house for prayer meetings, just let me know. I mean, definitely say, hey, man, we have a prayer meeting at this house. We have a prayer meeting Wednesday night. We're going to do this, whatever it might be. But now is our time to shine. And here's my, here's my encouragement to me and to you. Let us love like never before. Let us walk in faith. Let us make sure that we're right with God. Now, I know a lot of people might be watching this online. We're going to upload it later. They might hear by podcast. So here's what I want to do. For everybody here and anybody listening, listen, if you're not right with God, if you feel like you're a million miles away from God, if you feel like this thing is scaring you and you don't have the peace of God, maybe you need to take that one step to say, man, I'm going to surrender my life to God. Maybe you've been brought up in church. You've gone to church all your life, but you're missing that relationship with God. You have a social, um, a convenient relationship with God, but you don't know the God who created you. And, and so this has just really gotten you thinking. And so maybe tonight, whether you're listening by podcast or you're listening by radio or you're watching online, maybe tonight is the night you say yes to Jesus. 
And you come in and you say, man, man, Pastor, I, I, you were saying some things, and I understand, man, and I understand. But, but listen, I feel like I'm far from God. I feel like I just I don't have a relationship with him, but I want one. I'm going to give you an opportunity, obviously, to surrender your life to Jesus. And I'm telling you right now, this world that you live in is not, is not all it is. This is not all it is, man. There's an eternity. You know, Ben, what do I need to do? In a moment, I'm going to pray, and I'm just going to say, hey, man, listen, if you, want to, if you want to give your life to the Lord, all you need to do is lift up your hand. If you want to repent and come back to Jesus, just lift up your hand. God will come into your heart. He'll flood you, and he'll forgive you. I'm going to say you need to repent of your sins, man, and you need to move forward. And now's not the time to be playing church. Now's the time to be the church. And God is reaching out. He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you, and he's got his arms reached out ready to, to, to welcome you into the family. And then I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Why am I going to lead you in a prayer? Because we want to know. We want to hear from you. We want to know. We want to pray with you. So if you're watching online or you hear it via podcast, please call the church. Send us a message on Facebook, whatever it is. But we want to know and we want to pray with you. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to give anyone in here an opportunity and those watching online. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for Psalm 91. We thank you for Paul's encouragement to Timothy. We thank you, Lord. And with every eye closed and every head bowed, Lord, I just want to pray that if there's anyone here that needs to come to Jesus, that needs to surrender their lives to Jesus, that needs to give their heart to Jesus tonight, it's not by my words, it's not by this church, but it's by your Holy Spirit, Lord. It's by uh, a supernatural uh, act that you're born again. And I know you're thinking, man, I feel a million miles away from God, but listen, you're one decision from coming back to him. And so with every eye closed and every head bowed, how many of you would say, but Pastor Ben, would you just pray for me? Would you just lift your hand and say, Pastor Ben, I, I want Jesus. God bless you, sister. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else just saying, man, I'm, 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 I need Jesus, man. I need that peace that surpasses all understanding. I need Jesus. Anyone else? Hey, man, if you're watching online, and just pray this prayer after me. If you've, if you've lifted up your hand, sister, just pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I know I'm a sinner, God, and I need, my, I need a Savior. And I believe that Jesus died on the cross. He was buried and he rose again the third day. I believe that. And I truly put my faith in what he's done at, at Calvary. And I'm asking him now to come into my life, to be my Lord, to be my God, to be my Savior, to be my friend. I choose this day to follow you, Jesus. For forever I'm yours, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. If you prayed that prayer, know that God, I mean, he, basically you're born again. And that your sins are forgiven and God has a super plan for you. And we want to hear from you. Sister, we love you for doing that. We're going to walk with you through this. Hey man, call us. Send us an email. Hit us up on Facebook. We love you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. 
I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.